That's what happened to the Series 1 Rangers. They quit. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Quit it. And I'm keeping the implant. <laughs> In the badge. What's up, Internet? You're listening to the 16th episode of the Series 6 Podcast, where we review each and every episode of Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. We are your hosts. I'm R.D. Dan Fiorella. And I'm Jay. Get ready to engage your hyperdrives. This time around, we'll be reviewing episode 16, titled The Axe. This is the review half, part two of the two-part Dan Fiorella supersized special episode. All right, you guys ready to get trapped in a tomb? Not really, but okay. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> that's, not, that's not a good time, man. Uh... So this episode aired on October 1st, 1986, and it was written by a freaking ninja who traded in his katana for a word processor. Wow. That's you. <laughs> what, did you swallow a thesaurus over there? <laughs> He's right here. He's a, he wrote it all. <laughs> so. Uh, so was this meant to be a spooky episode? Because it kind of is going to be arriving in our RSS feed around Halloween time. That's like the day after Halloween right now. Is that a stretch? <laughs> well, yeah. I... I <laughs> how to explain we didn't know when it was going to air frankly uh i mean they knew they had a couple of episodes that had to be the first second but after the third one i'm not sure it was scheduled but uh, as opposed to like you know ghost ship which seems more like a halloween episode yes but uh it was they had certain templates and this was the labyrinth they they get into a situation and have to get out and they're being chased so uh, that was sort of one of our uh go-to uh go-to templates when when writing these episodes there is a lot of running in this episode yeah as, well, that was it <laughs> very very indiana jones very you know archaeology yeah instead of a giant rolling boulder we have this giant uh, being chasing them. So, you know, that's potato, potato. Gotcha. Okay, so at long last, listener, this is The Axe, and it's starting now. It starts off with a wide shot of the broken moon from Thundar's intro. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what we're talking about, you, Dan. You know what we're talking about, right? Uh, Thundar the Barbarian. Poor me. <laughs> I'm just nodding. You can't tell on the podcast. I'm just nodding. Sure. Like, sure. Yeah, whatever you say. Like... See, I'm being exposed as we speak. Oh, man. There's a camera sweep of a desert landscape. You can see some spaceship wreckage. Expendable 3, perhaps? <laughs> uh, so, cowboy Zach Galifianakis comes into view. His robot donkey, <laughs> Burrow, by his side as they sing a duet. So, the song is a parody of the Found a Peanut song. Found a peanut. Really? <laughs> no, it's it's on my darling Clementine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In my program on my hard disk, wait to come up online. Came a blackout, which did knock out my dog. So the lyrics are altered to include tech and computer terms. And you said before you wrote the song? Yes, yes. Okay, cool. So they arrive at a sealed cavern entrance. Uh, I think Prospector has superhuman strength because he makes short work of the boards sealing the entrance. See, see now I he see why oh, I'm here to both basically explain and justify the episode. That's uh, <laughs> uh yeah, the, old mine been there abandoned for for okay ages and it's all rotted wood, so he can just pull that aside. Okay, it's it's like practically styrofoam. 
practically at this point. It's it's, it's like balsa at this point. It's IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> it's the old IKEA that, plant. Yes. yes, they're one of our sponsors. What are we doing? What are <laughs> Sorry. you doing? Sorry, guys. <laughs> Have a meatball. <laughs> We're canceling you. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Just how far afield can we go? Yes, <laughs> we can. <laughs> it depends on how late uh, it gets. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then Prospector produces what resembles a mind detector, like tripwire. Tripwire, the G.I. Joe, not Doc's little program, buddy. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> no problem. So uh, Burrow is lighting the way with his eyes. Did anybody notice that Burrow is carrying a giant freaking bazooka? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, so cattle rustler Tom Skerritt says his mind detector picked up something on the other side of the wall. <laughs> So he, he grabs a device from uh, Burrow's saddlebag. He uses it to blast a huge hole in the in the stone wall. Did I say device? I, I meant a nuclear sledgehammer. <laughs> a, a space hammer. Yes. Just take a take a down and put the word space in front of it. Exactly. So as they enter, Prospector sees uh, something that makes him nervous. He freaks out when Burrow charges right past him to get a better look. Burrow has some nuts on him. He's a donkey, dude. What do you expect? I mean, why should Burrow be afraid? He's rocking a bazooka. He's got a bazooka, and he's a you know, robot. They didn't program that. He's a robot donkey. No fear. Robot donkey. So uh, Burrow lights his eyes once again and looks upward. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they see makes Prospector want to place a space 911 call to the Galaxy Rangers. <laughs> see, space. Space. See? It works every time. Yes, it does. Uh, so they are at the feet of what looks like a gigantic crystal statue holding a bladed weapon. An axe, perhaps? There you go. The, yeah, it's on the nose. But yeah, that's yeah. all right. So the, the head of this figure is very demonic. We're talking sharp teeth, pointed ears, horns. Um, from the angle you see him, uh, even the weapon kind of looks like a stylized pitchfork. Mm, yes, yes. So the camera zooms in. Or an axe guitar. It does look like a guitar as well. It has the string lines. That's another. It's another episode. Well, they, well, some of the rewriting does get into some sonic stuff. So, mm-hmm. just want to get by the the origins of the axe. Okay. Okay. Did we discuss it? I have now having the axe originally was going to be a robot. After I submitted the first script, it came back with the note. He got word. Robert Mandel gave me the note saying. We can't have any more robots. Apparently, this oh other shows that were on at the time: GoBots, Transformers, uh, what was it? The Power Rangers would turn into a giant robot. Yes, they, Power Rangers they, was out then. Was it? Uh, some was it? Oh no, no. You know, movie. it had to be. Um, was it the Star Sheriffs? Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, there was just there was just a lot of robots. I just started watching. My my grandson was watching Power Rangers. I'm like, oh wow, that's right. They had robots too. Those giant uh, spirit animal robots. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there was, we were just told there were too many robots. Can you change it to something else? It's like, oh, crap. <laughs> so uh, coming back and we would knock around ideas and the idea of a, some sort of statue. Because then they started to s- drift into uh, so there's some Egyptian 
Okay. Uh, artwork will be coming. We'll see later. Yeah, there are hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's some of the things. So, oh, maybe some sort of statue. And I was stumped. And finally, what actually clicked and made this episode work for me was the old legend of the golem. Mm. Or the golem. Yep. The, 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 the creature made of clay who would come to life when you inserted the uh, word life into his mouth. So then it was like rethinking that and what would trigger him. And that's when that jewel on top becomes very important. So the light hitting the jewel is what gets our episode underway proper. Okay. Okay. But that, that, that was, uh, that was like one of the rewrites. You've submitted a whole script and then you tell, Oh no, it can't be a robot. You're like what? So I have to go back. Like, what the? <laughs> what? <laughs> so we, and I'm talking, and this is the typewriter, this pre-word processor. So I'm literally cutting and pasting scripts together rewriting things, saving what I could, and uh, resubmitting that. Wow. Very interesting. That sounds painful, actually. So the camera zooms in on the statue's forehead, which appears to have a red jewel embedded in it. That's the jewel you just mentioned. Yes. Yes. Cut to a squadron of beta ships in space doing maneuvers. I say that in quotes. I don't know what maneuvers are. Um, depends on who's driving (laughs) (laughs) so Nico and Doc get a call from Walsh correction Nico gets the call Doc is ignored until he chimes in with what about me (laughs) (laughs) rookie Uh, angry Doc (laughs) Walsh tells him about Roy McIntyre that's the prospector's name Mm -hmm. weird he's got the name of a politician but the face of Kenny Rogers (laughs) (laughs) 80s Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Nico says she's met him before at an archaeological dig. Okay. How do you meet a prospector at an archaeological dig? He's there digging for stuff like to make money. You're like, wait, yeah, yeah he just shows up. You're like, so she must have run into him a bunch of times while he's like trying to find stuff. <laughs> well, they, yeah, their paths would cross because, yeah, I mean, they're both into digging up stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's, this is not the first thing he's accidentally dug up that she's been interested in. Of course. In. So he's like, hey, Nico. The only difference is he wants to sell the stuff he digs up. Right. <laughs> she's like. Yeah, but, but, but he, he acknowledges when he's got something really out of his league. He's looking for, you know, star stones. Right. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a lot of, uh, he doesn't have a wide bandwidth on him. He, he can deal with it. But when he's out of his league, he knows who to call on this, uh, Ultra fancy stuff. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so Doc and Nico, excuse me, Nico and Doc. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> head to the Thundar Moon, aka the asteroid Bardo, uh, to find out what Wolfman Jack has in store for them. <laughs> <laughs> How many bearded references can you I don't know, this. Stay tuned to find out. Many, man. I'll be honest. I think I'm almost out of it. We'll see. Do you remember that was a car? They had a cartoon for Wolfman Jack. You remember that? Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh no, I don't remember. There that. was a cartoon for. Our, there was. It was ridiculous. He was a dude. big deal. He was. Oh, he was huge back in that day. He was huge. Uh, so they arrive at Bardo and land in some ghost town in Sector Nine. Burro runs into Doc from behind, startling him. Then Roy appears. Nico introduces Doc to him as Ranger Walter Hartford. So both Prospector and Burrow call him Wally, much to his dismay. Comedy. Oh, I sure am pleased to meet you, Wally. 
Don't call me Wally. Now, the don't call me Wally thing. I feel like it's in other episodes as well. Is it, Dan? Yeah. It is. Okay. (laughs) Oh, anytime I had, yeah. Whenever you put those two characters together. Oh, yeah. That that became my little, I mean, that was, I had control over that guy. He was mine. Mm -hmm. I created that guy, so... When it, when he came back, he was going to follow whatever rules I set up. He'd sing a little song, say Wally a couple of times. Yep. Uh, whatever you say, Wally. That's you know what I would have loved to see is an episode with him and um, Wildfire Carson in the same episode. They can't exist mm. in the same space. That would be <laughs> The universe would <laughs> would implode. That would be that would have been so much fun, dude. Oh, yeah. What did, some mix and matches would have been fun to do it. Well, that was something else. At one point, we were told we can't come up with any new characters. So if we went to another season, we would have had to start using characters that exist and come up with stories. And we probably would have done a lot more mashup ca- episodes with uh, characters who you wouldn't think would be together. Okay. Let's see. So Roy shows them to the cavern entrance and he says uh, he says he called because he knew Nico's archaeological knowledge would come in handy. And by archaeological knowledge, he means her psychic powers. Yes, she can read walls. Right. <laughs> touchy-feely. So he also mentioned that the bedrock is over 15 million years old. How does he know that? I don't know. <laughs> Wally's is... <laughs> it's a guesstimate. He's, he's yeah. pretty, you know, you know, he's secretly smart about all... He took a taste test. He just like, eh, it's about 15 million years old. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like the dude from Rudolph. Yukon Cornelius. That's right. That was accent. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> None. <laughs> oh man, hilarious! So they arrive at the chamber to find that the giant crystal demon statue is gone, completely vanished. Yes. Nico asks if Roy is fooling around. Doc <laughs> asks if he's drunk. You <laughs> move shot. Nice. <laughs> I love that. You try to work that into a kitty show. Roy, this isn't some of your monkey shines, is it? Or some of your moonshine? Says the guy who keeps a flask full of his imaginary friends on his hip at all times. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's true. So many levels. So many levels. The fact levels. that it looks like a flask drives me. I was like, wait a minute. Just like secretly he like flips a switch. So, yeah, Dan, I was going to ask if you heard us speculate about this. Um, <laughs> do you know Do you know uh, whether Doc's programs could be seen and heard by others? Actually, I was going to ask that, but I discovered that this episode actually answers that question. Oh. Did you pick up on it, Jay? No, I didn't. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Well, we'll get to it then. Okay. Because I, I was under the impression, yeah, they were, you can, he, he was not hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Fight Club. <laughs> uh, so the room is empty and brunette Santa Claus tells Nico to check it out. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, she badges up and touches the wall in the chamber. Her eyes go purple, and she sees the giant demon statue along with a small levitating cobra creature. Mm-hmm. So the cobra dude is is seen placing the red jewel in the demon's forehead. Globulus, as very nice. Um. <laughs> 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 As, as we see all this, Nico is reciting a cryptic poem. It sounds like more of a curse than a poem, but yeah. It, it ends with the phrase, beware the axe. Jay, were you going to say something? No, no, no. I'm just laughing at how I threw you off your, your game. Just by saying that. <laughs> you did. <laughs> it's, just, it's what I do, man. It's what I do. 
<laughs> so then Nico is overwhelmed by a case of the vapors. <laughs> oh, I got the vapors. <laughs> so ridiculous. Space vapors. The space vapors. She's, uh, you know that's actually a thing right now. Everybody's vaping. <laughs> she almost passes out but catches herself. While Meryl Streep dramatically calls out, Nico, for the second episode straight. <laughs> That's right. So Doc must always be too far away to help. Or, or just it's like. in his contract. He's just like. <laughs> he, te- he tends to wander off. Like, whatever. <laughs> uh, so Nico says that Roy is, is right. Uh, there is a guardian protecting the king's tomb and the treasure within. And uh, the old guy from the Brady Bunch Ghost Town episode licks his chops <laughs> at, at the idea of a of a treasure being nearby. Oh, that's that's his calling that's card. Right. Yep. It's like what money? This <laughs> <laughs> dead guy, man. I love it. Suddenly, Doc seems to sense trouble, and jumps, barely evading the giant axe that cleaved the ground where he was standing. So, he has spider sense now. <laughs> it's, the, yeah. say, it's remarkable how that thing snuck up on him. Yes. I'm telling you. That's another thing, man. It's huge, dude. It's made out of crystal, not cotton. But stealthy. It's like, it's like clink, clink, it's clink. Stealthy. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> What's that I hear? Having a box of dishes sneak up on him. Um, so, yeah, it's the giant demon statue. And boy, is he pissed. And he's moving around an awful lot for a statue. <laughs> so you get a good look at the weapon now it's uh it's got an electric guitar look to it so doc naturally makes a wise crack as the crystal demon lets out a frankensteinish growl ranger bird it's so, a, it said that no it didn't <laughs> he swings the axe at doc again uh this time doc lets out a michael jackson woo Followed by a diving roll. Doc draws his sidearm mid-roll and takes a few shots at the giant. Crystal Death blocks them with the axe. I'm just trying that name on for size. There you go. Work it in. Work it in. (laughs) By the way, I want to go back to uh, Doc's wisecrack. He says, um, I was just kidding, Bay. Now, did he just say Bay 32 years before it was even a thing? What? He might have. I don't know. Let's talk to the writer. <laughs> Did you write that one? Was that one of those like I? Oh God! Somebody from the future slipped that one in. Yes. Oh, I, I can't. I don't. I, I don't remember. I honestly don't. Remember. Maybe I misheard it. Maybe you said something different. I'd have to see if I could pull an old strip to read it. Ah, uh, sure. Why not? Okay. I'll take credit for that. He said, "Bay, <laughs> you're way ahead of your time. You know that." That's I try to be yeah, good stuff. <laughs> you get the best parking that way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Crystal Death uses the axe to shoot uh, sound waves. Sound waves. Right. Right. Yeah. So they, we got it to a sonic thing. So this brings your air guitar thing into cause and effect. That's not even a sentence. <laughs> uh, yeah. So your air guitar, your guitar comparison works here. Okay. I, I thought it was sound waves because that's the way it looked. It was animated. Yeah. Was a little... wave. Yeah. They were sonic. Yeah. Sonic waves. But later on, they explain them as something different, which is not sound waves. What? Oh, yeah. 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 That's right. He shoots them uh, retaliating at Doc. Doc springs to his feet and joins the others running down the hallway as an explosion follows him. This is like the first of many runs down a hallway. (laughs) Yes. A lot of hallways. Uh, So Doc is looking back as one shot gives him a haircut and shatters the wall beside him. Nico says that the shots coming from the axe are polarized ion beams. 
I say sound waves, and right away she's got to contradict me with facts. That's right. <laughs> Fake news. She's like, I'm here, so you can't tell me what's right, what's wrong. It's like, what? That Yeah, that's something that went into the script afterwards. Okay. I'm not even sure why he felt the need to define what they were exactly. Mm. <laughs> Maybe because he wanted the thing to be made of technology rather than being a mystical creature. That yeah, that's that's sort of the uh, twist at the end, which is ironic since it wasn't allowed to be a robot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, you guys didn't think about that too much, did you? <laughs> it's, like, it's not a robot, but it is a robot. It's a robot. It's a crystal it's robot. A glass robot. It's a glass robot. This is why they retired that model. <laughs> He's like too fragile. He sounds like a box so of dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Machine of the future. You know. uh, so they dive down a chute and escape for the moment. Stinky Pete's kid brother doesn't know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Now, I say he's his kid brother because he has dark hair as opposed to uh, <laughs> Wildfire's white hair. Nico says they're in the temple and that the underground passageways can go on for miles. She badges up. Again. She sees the cobra dude slithering along the path they're on. He opens a hidden door. Nico, her eyes still closed, finds the switch. The door opens and Doc strolls right in. But Nico wasn't finished with her vision. <laughs> she sees the cobra dude trigger a laser tripwire and fall into a trap door right in front of Doc. So she turns around to warn Doc, but it's too late. He crosses the laser. The same trap door opens up a deep pit with a little cobra skeleton way at the bottom. This was this is like tr- learning how the badges work and stuff. It was like, you know, when the drafts come in, it comes back on. We got to use the badges. I mean, that's the whole point of the show. So it was like coming up with ways that you could. That's actually a really touch, really good way. Touch the badge. Yeah. So it was like, uh, all right, she should be able to read the building, read the room, literally read the room. Yeah, I mean, she pretty much. She does that in other episodes too. She's like always uh, touching walls and getting a whole story from it. Yeah, yeah. Well, if the walls could talk. (laughs) So Doc is caught unawares and uh, drops into the pit. Nico calls out his name. Roy calls out Wally's name. (laughs) Cut to Doc hanging on the edge and saying, don't call me Wally. Is that crazy? He's like, I'm about to die here, but don't call me out my name. Very serious. I think the yes. I think the the anger kept him alive. We Doc, you that's know it. it. <laughs> so as uh, Chris Kringle tries to pull Doc up, Crystal Death shows up and lets off an ion beam, and misses. Mm. He must have yeah. learned to shoot at the Stormtrooper <laughs> Academy. That's the thing, yeah. All the Bond villains go there. Yep. Nico badges up before he takes his next shot. She forms a telekinetic shield and blocks the beam giving Prospector enough time to rescue Doc. Then Crystal Death actually speaks. He says, Want to stop? <laughs> Not on Doc's watch. <laughs> he leads the way as the group retreats down the passageway. Uh, they take cover behind the wall. Doc tells Chinchilla Face to hand him a stone. <laughs> Chinchilla. <laughs> oh, man. 
then he gives a little more of his backstory. Doc was on his college baseball team. See, it was supposed to be bocce ball team. That got a what? That got oh, that would have been oh, great. Really? I've always been bitter about that. Would have been great. College bocce ball team. That would have been that great. Been gr- baseball doesn't even make no. sense. Bocce ball. That's exactly. That's hilarious, man. Considering he went to Madame Abercrombie's finishing school. Yeah, I love that one. That's one of my favorites too. I played on their bocce. Ball. What? That that happened? Yeah. No, that happened. <laughs> That's where you learn how to fence. <laughs> well, that's funny. The Ranger uniform, it kind of has a baseball vibe to it. What do you think? Uh, Astros, mid-70s, mid yeah. So although Crystal Death placed his giant foot in the laser tripwire, he doesn't trigger it because he's made of crystal and uh, doesn't break yes. the light beam. That's pretty clever. I thought that was good. Uh, I thought so. So enter Doc's perfectly aimed stone. The stone triggers the trapdoor. Which oddly enough is much larger now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you noticed that, huh? And Crystal Death attends an impromptu meeting with a tiny cobra skeleton. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, man, skeleton. Oh wow, he was from uh, Thundercats. Um, Silverhawks. Silverhawks. Okay. See now, here's where you lose me. Stop. <laughs> I think you're just making up words now. And- yeah, that was a cartoon. <laughs> he was one of the villains. Red Piano. I love that show. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's great. So uh, Doc asks Nico to find a way out of there. She touches the wall, but her psychic Wi-Fi signal is weak. <laughs> Suddenly, Burrow rams Doc and Nico as a secret door opens. They both fall in. The door immediately reseals as um Roy and Burrow remain in the corridor. So they get separated. Cut to Doc and Nico flying down a Six Flags tunnel slide. They drop into a net. Now they're dangling in the net in the center of a huge room. The walls are lined with alien hieroglyphics. Nico points out one realistic carving in particular. It's a depiction of a cobra alien dude. So the carving suddenly springs to life and lunges at them. It extends its long forked tongue at them. Doc fumbles a bit but manages to draw his sidearm. I feel like Doc is channeling Zack this episode. He is trigger happy as all get out. He is. He's just. They're being shot at by a giant statue. It's all right, man. He can be more peaceful, I think. He's angry dog, generally. Let me tell you, man. If I if a wall came to life and attacked me, I think I'd shoot it too. Oh man, dude. First and foremost, I wouldn't be anywhere in there after like, dude. Tell me, some giant. We saw some giant statue, and it's not here. That's cool. Gotta go. Gotta go. And that's why you're not a galaxy. That's exactly ranger. right. I am a series one. <laughs> he quit. That's what happened to the series one rangers. They they're, like, they're like, we got to do what? We do what? Of they course said, not. F that. Wait for this. Hey. Wait, what? That wasn't on the pamphlet. What? You said travel in space. You didn't say anything about getting shot at. No, nah, man, we're good. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I'm keeping the implants. Right. <laughs> in the badge. You said this is real gold, right? No, it's not. Still keeping it. Still keeping it. So Doc, he's hanging from the net, draws his sidearm. But before he can open fire, the cobra's acid tongue touches the gun, melting most of it. Enough of it. Nico produces an explosive shuriken and hits the cobra alien. Oh, I said cobra alien. I was trying to be clever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say it. You can try. And hits the Cobralian right in the center, <laughs> making it crumble to lifeless chunks of rock. It was a bladed throwing star that she threw, but it feels like there was like some, some stuff edited out. Like, you see it leave her hand, you see the blades deploy slightly, but then you never see it in flight. 
The, uh, I'm gonna say just bad animation. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought the the whole episode was pretty well animated. Yeah. No. No. It, it, it looked okay. It looked okay. There are some other ones that are. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, like little wacky things, like you said, the, the hole in the walking big enough to fit the statue. Because <laughs> when I wrote it, I didn't envision it that big. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a lot larger than I assumed it would be. I'm thinking Gollum, maybe a bigger Frankenstein, but that was that was a. Big... You're, like, you're like, wait a minute! <laughs> I, I find it hilarious that you picked up on that too. <laughs> and he was probably one of your pet peeves. You're like, like usually what? I'm like combing through for details. <laughs> but I'm just imagining like Dan's response when he saw it. He was like, "What? Wait! <laughs> wait a minute! What? Wait! What? Sonic who's? Ionic what? Oh." So the shuriken thing, you never see it in flight. I was thinking that maybe they didn't want kids flinging, like, discarded lids from tin cans around. <laughs> Which would happen anyway, man. You know, Which, uh, well... You know, the kids the, are like, I'm yeah. Nico, the psychic ninja girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we weren't popular. Think of the ninja deaths that would have happened. Yeah, everyone died. You were, yeah, you were never in oh. danger of that happening. <laughs> well, that 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 goes back to the story of Buzz Wang's finger in the computer terminal. In another episode, they wouldn't let us do it because they were afraid kids would stick their fingers in sockets. Oh, oh. get out! Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. That was crazy. Like really? Yeah. All right, really? fine. We'll have them push a button. Although you know, Robocop, he did it all the time. <laughs> yeah, that was rated R. That was a hard R. Different demographic. Dude, but it was a TV. It was a cartoon too. He did it. Oh yeah. Oh, did was that a cartoon? Mm-hmm. They made a cartoon. They made a cartoon of it. Good lord. Okay, so they're still in the net and trying to figure out a way out of it. Uh, Doc points out a platform beneath and away from them, so he suggests they try to swing over to it. That platform down there. Maybe we can swing over to it. Nico pulls out a boot knife. <laughs> she, she, she's been hanging out with Goose, wow. man. She's definitely been hanging out with Goose. So she cuts as they swing towards and away from the platform. Their timing is spot on. They drop uh, out of the net and onto the platform. Absolutely. The floor tiles light up when uh, stepped on and let out tones. Doc must have hit the right tone because uh, a door opens just ahead. And they charge through the door and run up. A round staircase has perfectly timed steel doors <laughs> dropped down behind them. <laughs> now we're back we on go. track. <laughs> they're running. <laughs> so now they're in a maze-like room with hieroglyphics all over the walls. Uh, Doc and Nico turn a corner. They're startled when they run into chubby Chuck Norris and Burro. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I managed to squeeze out a few more beard I jokes. I know, Walker, Texas Rangers. <laughs> I am impressed. I bow to your beardness. That's good. That one was good. So Roy found them by using his mind detector to home in on their badges. Mm-hmm. So he asked what that thing wants. He's like, he wants you out of his spot. That's really simple. <laughs> get, get out. Get I, out. Yeah, I assume he's talking about crystal death. Yeah. So Nico says it yes. wants them out of there. Exactly. Doc chimes in that he'd love to leave. <laughs> Suddenly a door opens. The crystal demon's face is on the door. So I might have doubts about walking through there. <laughs> Wouldn't anyone? Except for these <laughs> But they must be half glass full kind of folks. Like especially Roy and Doc. Yeah. Like they know their way around the saloon is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they do. <laughs> Doc is he has his tech equipment that look like a flask. So. <laughs> Space current. <laughs> yep. So I'm pretty anyway, they all run down a hallway. <laughs> It's a surprise, surprise. 
It's like a Sorkin episode in space. Uh, reaching. The- <laughs> I'm pretty certain there's days that Doc forgets his little um, computer flask and brings his real flask. So <laughs> <laughs> Doc after night. You know? He does it on purpose too. He's like, yeah. I, I brought the wrong flash. Might as well make the best of this situation. Look, look, look. He just walks around with it. They're like, wow. He goes to the recharge chamber. He actually is taking drinks. He's like, I need to go recharge my badge. He's just like, I gotta go recharge. <laughs> they all return to the hall and reach another demon face huge door. It opens, and Crystal Death is standing on the other side, axe in hand. Roy says, I got this. And he pulls out the bazooka we saw way back in the beginning. Which he should have done ages ago. <laughs> so wow. He says it's his grandpappy's photon bazooka. Yes. And when you show a photon bazooka in act one, you have to use it by act three. Exactly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so he fires at the giant. The recoil knocking him on his Galifianak ass. Wow. I, I saw what you did that. You saw that, yeah. So this is how I know this show is fake. Bazookas have no recoil. Up until now, I thought it was a documentary. (laughs) (laughs) Again, that's why we're worried about the kids throwing candles at each other. (laughs) That's what they showed on the educational channel. So the photon beam tilts up as Roy falls back, causing it to hit the red jewel in Stompy's forehead. This triggers what Doc calls a laser beam barrage. It's a vector graphic light show. But the important thing is that uh, Crystal Death is blinded. Taking advantage of the diversion, they run past it. (laughs) Run past it. (laughs) Of course, they have to cross the threshold before a huge door drops and traps them in the chamber. So they all make it. I like how the urgency is depicted, actually. They show the doorway with speed lines around it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Burrow is the slowest. He barely makes it before the door drops, but his tail ends up stuck. Meanwhile, Crystal Death is pounding on the other side of the door with his axe. Prospector presses a button on Burrow's butt and cuts the tail loose. Didn't need that. <laughs> I, I love that gag just worked out so perfect. It was. That like was, was hilarious. It's a seatbelt. It was a seatbelt. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, oh. It's dramatic and silly at the same time. But it was so strongly fastened that it held this robot in place. (laughs) It was that strong. That is the best. They have the best seatbelts in that era. You never saw anybody go through a windshield in space, man. Nope. That's true. That's true. Uh, That's true. So they come to a fork in the road. You never saw anybody wear seatbelts in space. (laughs) (laughs) Do they need to really in space? So they come to a fork in the road. Doc asks Nico which way, so she badges up, or tries to anyway. Okay, Nico, which way? I can't get anything. Her charge is drained. This is the first time we've seen a ranger deplete their charge. Is it? Maybe the first time. It certainly wasn't the last. It's something we would go back to. Okay. Because sometimes we just got tired of writing them with superpowers and wanted to see them do stuff, you know, uh, regular ranger style, as we say in a later episode okay and that that explains why because like it it seems like she should have gotten more out of her charge like we've seen her get a a lot more done with with uh without the charge even being mentioned but as you recall they were called away for maneuvers so she never got to fully recharge ah yeah okay cool so this knee and this was never supposed to be a dangerous assignment so they kind of went she must have started with a low charge okay 
She she was yeah she was not fully charged. So uh, that's again something I found. I liked writing them kind of uh, not having all their powers that they had kind of had to think things through and uh, mm. it, it just it sometimes yeah, that's why sometimes I, I writing superhero movies must be crazy because they're superheroes they can literally do anything yeah. so then you got to come up with ways to undo them and it gets too confusing so once in a while they can lose a charge and it's something we we, we would make use of in the future episodes hmm. as I said there's a whole bunch of episodes where they're fully charged and they can do what they want and we kind of like the uh, rebel writing group that would play around with that and put them in situations where you couldn't necessarily blast your way out of it. Unless you had gun and boot knives everywhere. Well, that too. Yes. <coughs> that's, okay. but that, that's, that's one of the things. Robert Mandel was so open to anything as long as it you know it was entertaining and he, he liked it. He gave us a lot of leeway. That's cool. That's fantastic. Okay, so she's out of charge. Doesn't matter, though, because Roy has some old-timey tracking skills. <laughs> he spits into his palm and slams his fist into it. I guess they're supposed to go in the same direction as the biggest water spit. Yeah. Yes. Which it's, it's, whichever. it's a very scientific approach. Oh, yes. It's... So they run towards the loogie. The <laughs> <laughs> loogie run. Loogie tracking. Loogie tracking. And uh, Nico stops them in the middle of the hallway because she hears something. Axe slipping on a loogie in the hallway. <laughs> but it's much bigger when he hits it. So. <laughs> it's a giant loogie now. How'd that happen? Poor continuity. <laughs> so Nico presses her head to the wall and says she hears humming sounds. It's her psychic ability kicking in. She runs her hand along the wall. That's her, her sense of hearing. <laughs> I know that. I'm just, just joking, man. I'm joking. <laughs> That's her third sense. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, this is how we did it before. Like, yeah, didn't you, why didn't you do that earlier? <laughs> Instead of badging up. Uh, so she runs her hand along the wall and finds another hidden switch. The door opens to find that Doc may be finally useful in this episode. Doc, it's computers. A room full. It's a control room with computers that control all the passageway traps. So uh, Doc starts to interface and Nico tells him to hurry because she hears the axe coming. Wait, so the axe is actually his name. Oh, yeah. Beware the axe. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Right. Yeah, well, it's better than Crystal Death, but not by well, much. You're, <laughs> you're taking the creative license oh. anyway, too. But <laughs> Again, kids show. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so Pathfinder jumps out of the flask and uh, into the ancient computer, but he needs time to crack the code and uh, take control of the axe. Yeah, so now they're on a first-name basis with them, saying uh, his name every few seconds. <laughs> Before, they never even mentioned his name. Doc tells Nico to hold off the giant and give Pathfinder time to work his magic, or science. So she asks how the F she's supposed to do that. <laughs> and, Fair question. And uh, Pathfinder says to Nico to fire at the jewel, Axe's only weak spot. Nico, you've got to hold it off until I break the code. How? The jewel! So, this is the question from the beginning. It was answered within the episode. Can his program speak to anybody else? What if his doc being a ventriloquist, though? <laughs> doc, his lips are slightly moving. You're really overthinking this now. Fire at the jewel! <laughs> his drinking personality. <laughs> That's the drunk doc talking. He says it while he's drinking, too. You never see his lips move. It's a long time. <laughs> Nico's using her other sense, her sense of smell. 
She could smell the rum. <laughs> Wondering why he wasn't sharing all the running they've been doing. She's pretty thirsty. Smell her time. So, um, <laughs> so Axe shoots an ion beam at Nico. Nico simultaneously returns fire. Their beams meet, and they end up doing that Harry Potter thing where like two equally powerful <laughs> wands are dueling. Yes, Spirionis. Uh, well, is that what it's called? Well, I couldn't remember. I, I can't I remember the name. I, but yeah, dude, like... my 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 son is all into it. He was Harry Potter for Halloween at school. Excellent. Nice. <laughs> so uh, Pathfinder tells Doc that the controls are unlocked. So Doc sends in tripwire to override Axe's murder setting. <laughs> 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 just bring it down to Maine. <laughs> Can we not do this right now? <laughs> uh, so then Prospector gets behind Nico while she's uh, locked in laser combat. Yeah, why is he? He puts a hand on her shoulder and says, Hang on, Nikki! Oh, yeah, a little familiar there, buddy. Shoulder. <laughs> shoulder isn't he? His lucky Gooseman isn't around. <laughs> hey, Goose would morph into a razor and give old Roy the closest shave of his life. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, I told you they were old friends. <laughs> they were very old friends. With benefits. <laughs> called her Niki, too. He's like, wait a minute. Uh, so, well, he's called Walt, calls Wally and Niki. He's into nicknames. Uh, meanwhile, Burrow, for a reason I have yet to understand, strolls over to Axe's giant foot and starts donkey kicking it. Axe decides that Burrow is now more of a threat than Nico <laughs> and drops his giant guitar axe on the feisty little jackass. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> Grizzly Adams has a conniption. Burrow, run away! <laughs> well, there are lines. Then Doc says, bingo! He presses a button that shuts down the axe. The jewel pops out from his uh, forehead and rolls across the floor, stopping at Doc's feet. Uh, cut to a wide shot. You see the three of them standing there with Burrow in a thousand pieces scattered on the ground. They do a really good job of like portraying how sad Roy is. Mm. Uh, so the, the console makes a winding up sound, making everybody turn to it. Except for Burrow. He won't be turning to anything <laughs> ever again. <laughs> except for a pile maybe, of... <laughs> maybe scrap. <laughs> that's right. So... Uh, Hey, that's what happens when you have more balls than brains. No, it's a, that's a life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Which he learned. I kept it pretty clean until now. I'm rather proud of myself. <laughs> you did a great job, actually, dude. Uh, I've been on my best behavior, too, because we have a extinct guest. Yes. No, I'm sorry. So the console. Sorry, dude. Next time. And he's getting pretty steamed, too. <laughs> So the console starts playing a holographic message from the king, whose tomb they just raided. He's one of those cobra aliens. He congratulates them for passing the test of heroes. Passing the test means that they now own all of the libraries, inventions, and treasures he accumulated while running stuff and creating like the universe's largest mining project. A door opens to a room with a spiraled floor. At the center is something that Nico is really stoked about. She says it's a galactic chart of precious stones, making it a priceless discovery. Not a bad haul, Prospector. <laughs> Finders keepers. So uh, she points to a glowing red jewel embedded in the wall and says it represents uh, Earth. So uh, cut to Ranger 1. Nico says that she's contacted Beta, and a scientific team is being sent to examine slash confiscate 
<laughs> the discovery. <laughs> Put it in a giant warehouse back mm-hmm. in Beta Mountain. You know, for the greater good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Roy doesn't have squat to show for it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it was like... So she compliments Doc on how he handled business in the tomb, saying uh, Goose would have been impressed. I'm sure even Goose would have been impressed by you in action today. You don't have to be psychic to know how much that made Doc's day. <laughs> he, he saw him light up, right? He always wants to impress Goose. He saw him light up. He was like, what? Where is he? Yeah. Oh, shucks. So Doc decided to keep the jewel from uh, Axe's forehead. He's holding it, and Nico says, a token? And angry Doc says, what the hell did you just call me? <laughs> Good stuff. Man. So, so uh, Roy walks in with his newly repaired buddy, Burrow. Uh, he says that he couldn't just leave him littering up the tomb. And Doc thanks them both for their help and offers Roy his assistance if it's ever needed. But on one condition. Anything. Just don't call me Wally. Hmm? Then they shake on it. And as they're shaking hands, Roy says, A deal, Wally. And then oh, Doc shit. crushes his hand and pushes him out the airlock. And <laughs> Comedy 101. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Random angry dog rewrites. You see, you see, I'm not a science fiction writer. <laughs> I'm doing shtick. Don't call me Wally. Okay, Wally. Hey. <laughs> It's all right. We do worse. <laughs> like <laughs> killing him. It's space. Oh, that was, no! It was a good episode. It was fun. It it was it was a fun episode. It was it was a good introduction for me to, to the universe, to them, for my stuff. Because yeah, like I say, I, I was learning, mm-hmm. and uh, and just learning, you know, how their universe worked and how flexible he could be. So it was uh, it, it was a, it was a, it was a start. It was it was my start, and uh, it was a good start. It was a good. It was a healthy start. I, there's a my favorite episodes come down the line a bit, but uh, I got my feet wet and uh, I got I was allowed to do more, so I I can't complain at all. Okay. What would you say uh, was your favorite of your episode? Ah, uh, I, I kind of two of them are, are kind of my favorites. Okay. Uh, you're you're you did eight, right? I did wrote three, co-wrote. Did I do eight? No, I don't. I think I did six. Okay. But uh, a couple of them, a couple of them co-written with John Rollins, and my favorite, where I really felt I started to hit my stride, was uh, Boomtown. Okay. That one, that's uh, the, the looking for the stars. It's again, it's another Roy episode. Roy episode finds a oh, it's the next whole planet that made up of star stones. It's not the next one. The next one is shaky. Yeah, shaky. Well, here's here's the thing about that. Two, di- me and another writer. Saw that log line about planet, about the planet discovered with star stones. We both started writing it without each other knowing it. And Robert wasn't even aware of it, I don't think. But our takes were so different on it that both of them were able to go. Oh, cool. He he did the he did another. Well, uh, he used the, the chase template. They land on a planet and they're chasing each other. Everyone chasing him around. And I went old west. And made it like a, the gold rush, hmm. where you know where he finds it. But you know, once word gets out, everyone's going to show up to, for to stake a stake a claim. Okay. So the two episodes are very different. His, the other shake was very close to uh, the finale of Search for Spock. Yeah. Where the whole planet's coming apart. Yep. Right. And uh, that's well, 
spoiler alert it doesn't <laughs> that would that he's because he switched he liked how I, he liked my script but didn't like my ending but he liked the other guy's script and didn't like his ending so he switched the endings okay so his planet uh because i had come up with the concept of fool's gold uh star stones mm-hmm. like fool's gold very similar but not the real thing so it turns out that Shaky, which looks like it's going to blow up at any minute, doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a fool stone. They get fooled. Right. But my planet, which seems fairly stable, blows up. <laughs> blows up real good. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was the one switch. He, I, my planet blows and the other guy's doesn't because he, he moved the fool's star stones to the other script. But it did work. So that that's a that's one because I like used every character. That was like the word we were given. Can't come up with new characters, so I just used everybody. And uh, space whales is uh, my other favorite episode. That one that one was an epic. I wrote that. It was it could have been a movie the way I was going into it. And again, <laughs> like when I I said I needed to get a, a like a handle a hook on on the episode. It was Gollum for this one. On uh, space whales, I used every whale tail I could think of. Yeah, you can tell that. Yeah, I just I went into it and uh, I just I, I got to create a good villain. We and there was debate. They wanted I was gonna I was killing whales. They didn't want me to kill whales again because we were a kids show. Mm-hmm. So I had to come up and just net them. But they did let me blow up the villain at the end. So I I, I got to give nice. They uh, let me have that. That's something about the show. Like I, I actually see, you see character, you see characters like no name characters die all the time, and uh, I, I mean they go off screen and stuff, but you know that they're not they're not coming back. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was, tr- but it was tricky because you know, it, it, you could kill them as long as it wasn't you know, it was caught done off screen or in shadows or just implied. Right. But you know you're sucking the you're stuck in the life force out of, of beings. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a fairly high unseen body count in this thing. Yeah, I agree. Oh, we noticed. Yeah, like the whole Gherkin race is dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, totally done. So, uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, it's just it, it, again, it's a, a cartoon. Wasn't necessarily a kiddie show. Again, that could have been part of the problem. It was like here, like I say, here it was in the morning. Who's going to want kids watching it in the morning? That it was. So it was. It was tricky because yeah, we trying to cover all bases like you couldn't go too graphic couldn't go too dark couldn't go too violent but you could get you could get pretty violent if you did it in a certain way it's, it's a tough line to walk it, it it was and uh i mean most of the i think a lot of it that's why i went with technological problems uh so quests ec- ecological quests was another favorite so uh and misunderstandings where well, it turns out the villains weren't really really villains but just misunderstood okay uh what was the episode with the, the uh john rollins wrote it oh, with the, the screamers with the dolphins the screamers yeah oh. in the end it was just you know i'm trying to remember the name of the episode it was like a couple episodes back uh progress progress, progress. oh yeah the screamers. Was, those guys <laughs> good with godfrey twins yeah <laughs> <laughs> So that was it. I mean, they tried to keep certain things. He was very much uh, an environmentalist, so so many of the episodes had that theme to him. I enjoyed that theme. It was a good thing. Well, there was one episode, I pitched one, because he had written a thing about they land on a planet, 
and they, for whatever reason, have to cut down a tree. Turns out the trees are uh, sentient beings. Is that the right word? Sentient, yeah. Yeah. Sentient yeah. beings, and then they're put on trial. So I saw that, and I was like, oh, how? And I said, I wanted to pitch it as a Christmas episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> land on awesome. the planet. Uh, Zach's kids tell Zozo about the tradition of a Christmas tree. Zozo goes out and cuts down a tree, and all hell breaks loose. So that He's committed murder. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Zozo's on the stand. And, like, uh, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I had that whole, whole thing outlined, and so he was like, we'll see. So if it went, maybe if we got to a second season, I would have gotten to write the Christmas, uh, Zozo's Christmas Massacre. It's <laughs> awesome. Are so, well, you going to uh, be surrounded by, by tree ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lynch mob, and they, you know, they brought their own limbs. So uh, did he have a glove when he did it? <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. So. That's, that was it. So sometimes, if we did enough of those episodes, once in a while, we could slip in a good old-fashioned, you know, cold-blooded murder. <laughs> cool. All right. So you want to close it out? Yeah. I think I think we've touched many, many bases. Yeah. Always live to see another day. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us, Dan Fiorella. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is a, this was a hoot. Oh, glad. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it was our honor. Yes, definitely. Well, I appreciate the invite, and uh, hey, you know, I don't mind talking about the, the the good old days. These are my glory days. I didn't play high school football or nothing, so these are my glory days. There are glory days too. <laughs> True. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it and get such a kick out of it, and that you're willing to keep it going like this. This is remarkable. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's our pleasure. Okay, listener. That was The Axe. And next episode, we're going to be doing episode 17, titled Shaky. Tune in next time. Check us out on Twitter. We're at Galaxy underscore Rangers. We're also on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review us. We'll climb a power cord chamber for you. Too much of a commitment? Fine. Just do one or two of those things. But then we'll only climb up as high as the grappling hook gets us. Like, no switching to magnets, pal. <laughs> <laughs> We would have even done a scream fall if you played your cards right, but you blew it. <laughs> Visit our website, series6podcast.com, the number six. Hear me talk toys with three of my fellow audio knights on the Figure Knights Theater podcast. That's at FKT Podcast. Send us feedback. You can email us like DMG did at galaxyrangers at email.com. <laughs> How do you think I got all those questions? <laughs> You're going to need a bigger email. Oh, bigger email. That's great. <laughs> uh, Galaxy Rangers, no space at email. Not Gmail. E, because E is all of the above. Statistically speaking, it's always the correct answer. That's a lie. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Dan freaking Fiorella. Would you like to leave some contact info for your social mediors? Social media. Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, website, danfiorella.com. I'm not terribly clever when it comes to these things. Uh, Twitter handle is at danfiorella. <laughs> hey, I want people to find me. I'm not going to do some cutesy, obscure reference. I'm going to tag you in the episode when I post it. So, we've been your hosts. I'm RD. And I'm Jay. And I'm still Dan. <laughs> and two-thirds of us will see you next time. 
Disengage your freaking hyperdrives. Bye. Later. Bye-bye. <laughs> nice going, guys. Oh, that was fun. It was. In the eyes of a ranger, the unsuspecting stranger had better know the truth of wrong from right. Cause the eyes of the ranger are upon you. Any wrong you do, he's gonna see. When you're in Texas, look behind you. Cause that's where the ranger's gonna be. Jack show for tonight. Be back again tomorrow night. Bright eyed and bushy tail. Gonna suck it to you tomorrow, baby. I move your picture.